This week on the Push Ball Lace podcast, we discuss the term adrenal fatigue. In Journal Club, we look at your bench press and we give our go-to strength program. Two, one. Let's make some bench press gains. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Dan? You alright? Good, mate, yeah. Got a lot more energy than last time we uh, yeah. podcasted on. So uh, it's all good. Even though oh. the weather's appalling today. Weather's appalling, but um, I'm not ill, so which is wonderful. And yeah, it's awesome. So, But it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crap in London where I am right now. Been out for a walk. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awful here as well. But it's, um, it's all good though. It's what we get, isn't it? We get the old spring showers, and then we get the sunshine in the summer. Anyway, <laughs> so Mr. Hall, give us a rundown of what we're going to go through today for the lovely three listeners we have. All three of them, right? Um, all right, we got. So Dan has decided to uh, take it upon himself to talk about adrenal fatigue. Um, because apparently that's a topic that he wants to talk about. I have no idea why. It's literally the first thing he told, said to me before uh, before coming on, which is a very odd, very odd conversation. Um, well, you know, I think it's one of those where usually we kind of sit there for 20 minutes deciding what to talk about, and I actually had something to talk about. So I was like, <laughs> Tom, I've got something to talk about. <laughs> I, I still made him wait 20 minutes to start, uh, just to yeah. beat around the bush with some subjects. It's fine. Um, and then we're then uh, I think I'm going to start a new segment called Journal Club. Because I think we are evidence-based practitioners um, and we need to discuss some journals more. Because we discussed the hamstring one and then I texted Dan about it and I thought it was awful. The, uh, the, ham- the, the journal was shit, basically. And I'd like to bring some actual decent journals and articles on. So, uh, yeah, we're going we to have journal club on bench pressing. Amazing, right? Everybody wants to bench press. So we look at that. Uh, then we have a quick break because that's enough knowledge. Then we'll ask her, answer a answer a question I think mm. yeah um, throw some better questions at us guys Jesus Christ yeah these are <laughs> and I'm sorry Sylvia best uh, favourite cereal multi-grain Cheerios yeah the yeah. silence is the silence is there but then you have to up your game there okay um, yeah and then we'll uh, we'll go stupid things um, brought to you by Coach Carter so uh, not the film but great film Poor stupid things. Great but, film. Yeah. Great <laughs> film. <laughs> Top film. If only if it was that good. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's the rundown of today's show. Obviously, get in contact with mm. us. Go follow us on all the uh, social media platforms. Reach out. Be amazing. Go rate us. I haven't actually checked the ratings probably in about four or five weeks, so I have no idea what's going on there. Maybe we're there. Probably probably, probably still the same then. He's not, <laughs> he's not useless at writing useless, up the right. views. Yeah, pretty much. So we've got some cool guests coming over the next uh, couple of weeks. Coming over? Coming on. Um, so yeah. We'll make them rate it. Jesus Christ, whilst we're talking to them. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Awesome, Dan. Adrenal fatigue. Let's let's crack on. Stop using that word, Tom. It's not nothing. That awesome word, it just drives me insane. Now. Awesome. Being any, what? Any other word. Any other word, mate. I mean, anyway. who, who, who uses the word awesome too much? Speaking of awesome, this is exactly <laughs> why I'm talking about adrenal fatigue because some people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, yeah, no, it, it's interesting because um, it's, it's just an area that, to be honest, like, I've not really, um, as a nutritionist, it's just not really an area that you kind of give much thought. You know, you, you, you don't talk about hormones particularly. You don't talk about anything to do with endocrinology because it's not really what we do. We just deal with nutrition. And your nutrition can't really affect your hormones 
to that great degree. Um, and for those people that don't know, um, some people, um, doctors, healthcare providers, media, nutritionists, or so-called nutritionists and educators, talk about adrenal fatigue, um, and have talked about adrenal fatigue, uh, and given kind of, I would kind of say prescriptive advice, really, on, on how to combat the issue. Um, and I stumbled across some research this week. Uh, I think it was shared by our lovely evidence-based friends like Alan Aragon and people like that, I think, um, that it does not exist. Adrenal fatigue is a made-up term, and it is not a scientifically um, definitive uh, definition for anything. So, so just quickly there, I literally just Googled uh, adrenal fatigue test. Um, so and it says the, the thing under what is adrenal fatigued, um, it says adrenal fatigue is a term that is used to some say that fatigue, other symptoms are caused by poorly working adrenal gland in people who are under mental, emotional or physical stress, but it's not a mm. proven medical condition. It says it right there. Mm. And basically, <laughs> like, I, you know, this, this research article is just basically a, a, research, it's a research review, a systematic review of cortisol adrenal fatigue stress burnout all these kind of words that are associated with with adrenal fatigue and um basically in the introduction it says you know that it says the same thing tom it says adrenal fatigue has not been recognized by any endocrinology society um who claim there is no hard evidence for its existence <laughs> so they go through this research review a systematic review um and they found 3470 articles of which 58 fulfilled the criteria for the review which basically meant that the articles were written in english um that they had a cortisol profile and fatigue or energy status as their primary outcome they performed tests for evaluating the adrenal axis um and there was the absence of influence of corticosteroid therapy but basically it meant that it had to be a pretty rigid study and has to be well well done so of the 3470 58 were fulfilled the criteria um and of, basically, they, they use those 58 studies to come to the conclusion that this systematic review proves that there is no substantiation that adrenal fatigue is an actual medical condition. Therefore, adrenal fatigue is still a myth. Uh, and basically, they found that all the studies pretty much were um, conf- had so many conflicting results because the methods used um, were just so poor, basically. Um, and the, the kind of the poor quality of the assessment of what is fatigue um, and all that sort of stuff. Um, is basically an issue Uh, and they used a lot of methodologies in there to assess the cortisol which wasn't actually endorsed by any endocrinologists um so yeah it kind of comes back to this whole thing of like and and before coming on i just i just went back and and looked over some people's work and the way they talk about adrenal fatigue now i've never i've never written about adrenal fatigue in my life because i would never need to because i don't know anything about it um, and for a good reason, and now I know it's because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but I've, 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 we've all probably heard people say, "Oh, yeah, I'm cutting back on caffeine. I'm cutting back on this because you know I'm trying to, I'm trying to help my adrenals recover and all this sort of stuff." And it's just bullshit. Like, it's absolute bullshit. Yeah, I'm not saying that having loads and loads of stress in our life is a great thing, right? I'm not saying that at all. Um, but it's the way that people cling on to these words and these, these phrases because they're sexy or because they're like the done thing. Like if, if someone comes to you as a nutritionist and you're like, Oh, you know that I'm feeling tired. I'm lethargic, but I'm doing all the right things. I just can't really work it out. And then you so around to go, Oh yeah, you've got adrenal fatigue 
all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, that's great. That's a reason. There's an, there's an explanation now for why I've got this. And they're going to go around thinking that that's the case. And let's say they reduce their coffee intake or they turn to decaf coffee because you do and you've told them that it's the right thing to do to manage their cortisol. You've just misled them down a garden path because it's nothing to do with that. And it's a, it's a made up term. Um, and it bugs me again that people in the industry prey on people's insecurities. And, and clearly like, you know, there's 3,470 articles found about this alleged, you know, syndrome or whatever you want to call it. And it's still a myth. Like, it's not been proven um, to exist. And that's the frustration for me in, in evidence-based practices. You always have quacks out there who will preach this shit and will be like, oh, yeah, just do this blood test, do this urine test. And, oh, look, I found your cortisol levels really low. Like, that explains everything. It's like, no, like they don't have adrenal fatigue just because you've done one test once in their life. Um, you've all of a sudden now called this syndrome they've got adrenal fatigue. It's like, it just frustrates the hell out of me because people make shitloads of money from, from doing that. And they probably potentially keep clients hanging on to their coattails for longer than they need to because they're like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to get adrenal fatigue again. You don't want to fall back into that again. I mean, yeah, frustrating as anything. Um, yeah, that, one, I mean, is, I don't know what. Exactly. Is one of these coaches an awesome coach? No, he's not awesome. Oh, at all. Right, okay. <laughs> but it was an interesting story because I think uh, when you brought up the topic just before the show, um, I've started with one of my clients that I've just we've been just hovering around maintenance uh, calorie levels, and this is uh, and he came to me at the end of this week, so he's just we've just put him in a deficit for the probably the first time I. I've trained him for two years, and to be honest, we've had other stuff, like he's had shoulder surgery and knee surgery, and he has a plate in his foot. There's other stuff going on, to be honest, just getting fit and healthy would be the number one thing. And he's come to me over the last month and been like, I actually told him I want to lose like five kilos. I'm like, oh, sweet, yeah, let's do it. Like, um, training's not going to change, but we're going to track your diet a lot more. Um, so we started to, yeah, we got him at a maintenance level, didn't lose any weight, he felt fine. And then we put him in a deficit, just took 10% of his calories down. And then he came to me at the end of this week, he's lost about 0.8, which is great. Um, and then, of kilos, um, not 0.8 of like his body mass or something like that. Um, so, yeah, not, not the, uh, what was it, the, the 12 kilo, lo- no, no, it was crazy amount of lean mass gained and like coach car. Nine right? days. Yeah. Nine days, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, he was looking at that, and then he came to me at the end of this week. Bearing in mind, he's never really been in a caloric deficit that long. Um, it's very new to him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot more stressed than usual, and maybe I, I feel like I feel like uh, is it is it where your kidneys that like uh, they they get rid of your like stress stuff?" And I was like, "What do you want about Keith?" Um, yeah, he he doesn't he won't listen to this. It's fine, um, but <laughs> he was just like, "Maybe maybe I've got like adrenal fatigue or something like that." I was like. Probably not. You're just in a caloric deficit and you've never really been there. So you're probably more stressed than usual. Um, I don't think that you have adrenal fatigue, which, I mean, Dan has clarified, it would be low stress hormone, which is cortisol, apparently. Um, yeah, but it was very odd that he's jumped to that conclusion without any testing, without any not reading up on the subject, just going, I think this is this. And it's like, what? Where have you Where have you even got that term from? Um, and then I was just like, don't worry, if you really want to go get a medical check, you can, but just trust me for about 10 weeks and mm. we're going to bring your weight down and then every now and again we'll give you a diet break and we'll go back up to de-stress you, I guess, if we use those terms. He's a very stressed individual anyway and he's 
probably a hypochondriac, I, I think. Um, but it was very interesting to think, again, misleading facts out there and buzzwords in the industry of just going, yeah, that's it, I've got a problem. That's a name that I can put on top of it. Yeah, and, and it's just like, he's probably got so many other factors that need to be addressed first, like sleep, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, just like, let's just go, right, let's just start... <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting five hours of sleep a night. Like, I never have a lie. I never get any time to myself. I'm always working. Oh, but since you put me in this energy deficit, Tom, oh, it's, it's adrenal fatigue. That's what it is. <laughs> never, never no, mind. No, like, no, it's, 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 you need to get to sleep more. You probably need to eat more fruit and veg. You probably need to be. You know, probably need to get your diet more on point, and, never, and probably just work a bit less. Like, yeah. let's be real honest. Here. So yeah, yeah, he's he's a pretty like high up end accountant. He uh, he works crazy hours. He's living in a different house because his other house is getting done up. So he's in a different environment. <laughs> And I was like, you're, ba- you're over the last two weeks, you've had to actually think about your food and make better choices because you're tracking it, and you're realizing yeah. that not everything in your house is the is what I why what kind of want you to eat, or maybe fits into your uh, goals, and maybe that's the stress thing. Um, but no, 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 yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I laid it out like that, so I was a little it's, bit more brutal, funny, but yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. It's funny that it's it's just it's the same way that. That people try and use their superiority to, mm. to claim that, like you say, insulin and, and carbohydrate is somehow bad. And and again, it's when you start talking about hormones and you start talking about these things that happen in the body, like people just grasp onto it. Like, yeah, it's not my fault. It's my body's fault. It's my. It's not my. It's not me. It's not my choices. It's my body. You know, it's it's the world's fault for putting carbs in front of me. No, it's not. <laughs> like, you're yeah. eating too many of them. Like, it's not the problem. It's not the problem. Um, you know, of your body or your insulin or your insulin resistant or your body is sensitive to carbs you just eat too much food Um, and and there's always these gurus out there though who are going to be ready to prey on that insecurity right and and want want people to follow them so they'll they'll say that sort of shit because it's easier and it's easier to get following and it's easier to be controversial that way than just to say no you eat a bit too much <laughs> I think the takeaway there is basically sort all of the stuff out first, get people sleeping, get people training properly, get people's diet on point, and the chances are you never know that you'll you'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. I think Mike McDonald put a post about it, didn't he? It was like ninety point percent of the problems will get cleared up because of this and then you don't even start talk about hormones. Don't just go hormones. Okay. yeah exactly that, that's exactly it you know yeah. it's uh, it's it's when these people like say this stuff you know and the, but then alongside it they're like oh yeah but go to sleep earlier sleep more you know meditate or whatever and i don't again i'm not a huge thing of like meditate i don't think again that's a, a you know a, a good maybe a good thing but at the same time if it gets someone out of their work environment for 15 minutes a day and lets them relax then that's that's a good thing yeah um i'm not for prescribing it but at the same time if someone wants to do it so someone does all that stuff they you know they eat more fruit and veg they eat more protein um they leave work an hour earlier you know it's like that's what's the that's what's doing the hell that's what's doing the the um the positive change not them cutting back on their caffeine consumption of their coffee it's just like yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Oh well. It's turned very ranty very quickly, didn't it, Tom? Yeah, brilliant. All right, let's let's go to Journal Club, Dan. We should get a jingle there. Rakesh. We're not right. going to call it Journal Club. Yeah, we are. Otherwise, <laughs> no, otherwise it's boring. You don't turn it boring, Tom. We're going to make it fun. We just say, look, this information came from a journal, and we're just going to discuss. It. We're going to discuss it, and we're going to put it across in layman's terms for everyone, so that when they explain it to their clients, it's very very easy that's, for them to explain. That's that's a really snappy title. Um, yeah, if you got a. Kind of title. <laughs> just come up with a better title we'll just talk about a journal basically and relay some nice information um, but 
Yeah, Journal Club. <laughs> yeah, be fine. Journal Club. Yeah, all right. Well, Journal Blitz. Journal Blitz. Let's go. All right. Um, this is all about bench pressing, so that's a fun topic. So you're shit, you're shit at that then already. So terrible. You can't whoa, talk whoa, whoa, about whoa, whoa. it. The last time we bench pressed together, I think I lifted heavier than you. Yeah, because I was probably in a calorie deficit in uh, like that's, that's, eight weeks of my show. I couldn't, couldn't give a shit. So, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom's off the back of eating three burgers every, you know, each night for three weeks leading up to the fucking bench press day. Sorry. I'm there eating my eating my chicken and broccoli. Wondering I think, why I I think it was. I think I wanted to squat, and you were like, "No, I don't want to squat. It's fine. Can't do that." Yeah. You see, you see my awful fucking. I don't know what Clarky's doing to me. I've got volume of like 15s, 18s, 20s, and 25s, and 100 kilo for 15 this week, three times. And I'm doing 18s next week, and it was brutal. My doctors are still yeah. sore, and uh, yeah, it was disgusting. Well, all I'm saying, mate, is some of your Instagram videos, the, the dumbbells you use in some of those videos are extremely small. <laughs> I don't like to call you out publicly in front of everyone. It's great. On yeah. your Instagram. But on the podcast, I will bring it up that. Sometimes I have literally written out a comment and had to delete it. I'm like, are they the 14 kilo dumbbells you're doing with those with? Or was it? Was I can't it? What it was? If it was, it was like, like something like Paul's Rose. No, yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. that was like they were they were like 20 kilos. They were looking at them going, oh, yeah. come on, mate, let's let's go. That was and 12. the other one was I think you were doing Bulgarian split squats, and they were oh, about, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, about yeah. 14 kilos. That was, was like, uh, that was the that was D exercise. So I was smashed by then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what I can lift there because rookie and rookie's decided to have a competition with me for that. Fucking hit Bulgarian split squats with forties. You can tell you're a power lifter, Tom, when you get to the fourth exercise of your session and you're beat already. I'm I'm done. Yeah. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It was fine. I was doing like one fifties for four for back squats, and then yeah, I went all the way down to like fourteens (laughs) to twelve. Yeah, it was awful. Anyone listening? Anyone listening? If you get to the fourth exercise of your session and you're struggling, you are unfit. (laughs) (laughs) Or you've lifted so much tonnage before. No, no, that's not it at all. No. All right, journal club. Right, bench pressing. Um, so there was a journal 2017 by Kroll and Golas, the effect of barbell weight on the structure of the flat bench press. So um, obviously the bench press, as Dan's knowledge, is made up generally, if we, we call it an upper body push exercise, but what muscles would we say are involved? Pec major. Woo! Anterior delt. <laughs> yeah. Triceps. And your lats. There we go. Nailed them. Those are the predominant forces that we're uh, testing in this. So uh, what they decided to do is test uh, their EMG. Um, so electromyography. Um, basically, the surface electrodes were placed on each muscle group. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Basically, for anyone who doesn't know, that basically means that they attached these electrodes to their chest and all those muscle groups to see which ones were used the most. Well done. Good. Right. So we're... we're which one is switching on most during different yeah. percentages of lift. So they went through 70%, 75%, 80%, 85%, 90%, 95%, 100% um, over the course of this testing. Um, so they performed single reps at each each one. Um, Sounds like a powerlifting routine. Yeah, it, it was uh, absolutely amazing. You're done after that. That's it. When you're done 100%, <laughs> you're all, you're See you get your shape on, you go for a burger, you're done. That's your yeah, session. basically. And... Uh, so it was in trained uh, individuals, um, so not Dan. So joint angle. <laughs> yeah, uh, ambiguous a little bit. So they just basically measured 
what was happening. Um, interestingly, so from a powerlifting standpoint and a bodybuilding standpoint, uh, these are probably the rep ranges that we kind of use a hell of a lot. Um, you probably a little bit less, probably down to your 60s, 60% for building hypertrophy. That's what you should be. You should be able to hit 60% for 15, 15 to 18 reps. If you're yeah, having a one-off one set. To do that. We don't tend to do reps that high at the moment. No. Okay, no, so you're pretty low. Just, so yeah, 70% and above tends to be where we're at, yeah. Yeah, so we're sitting there. So it's interesting um, how this has gone. So if we're going from 70 to 80 to 90%, pretty much the uh, pec major sits pretty static um, and then actually decreases at the one RM attempt. Um only, only minimally. Not we're talking. To, to be honest, in layman's terms, I think it just it flatlines, and you get as much activation in a bench press yeah. from a seventy percent load to a hundred percent load. Um, therefore, it will be a pretty normal uh, exercise to build. I don't know chest. Um, it's not going to be the best exercise for any hypertrophy of the chest, but it's not too bad to build strength for have any kind of uh, so basically activation wise. Okay, so along with so we went anterior delt, triceps brachii, and lat dorsi. Um, throughout the testing, 70%, 8%, 90%, 100%, every single one increased um, the myography every single time. End up being, so about, so 70%, you've got your pet major as the most dominant force, then you've got anterior delt, then you've got tricep, and then you've got lat dorsi switch that round to 100%, so a 1RM test, you've got most active is your tricep. So, and then probably lat dorsi and anterior delt are kind of level, and then your pet major. So those supplementary, um, what you you guess say they were supplementary um, muscle, muscle groups are actually maybe the dominant force to increase your bench press. I would, I would go out on a limb and say that is true. Um, so if you wanted, in layman's terms, if you wanted to increase your 1RM, you probably want to go smash your anterior delt, your lat dorsi, and your triceps to try and go through that. Agree, Dan? Yeah, I think there's elements of, of like, we've both experienced anecdotally in the past of when you inc- when we've increased our overhead press ability, yeah. our bench press 1RMs have gone up with that. Um, and I think... I'm going through a similar thing at the moment where my bench press 1RM isn't really isn't really shifting a huge amount, but the amount of work I can do at a lower percentage, say 80%, is a lot, lot higher than it used to be. So my numbers now, like if, if you put you know 110 kilos on the bar, I can do a rep, say. But with 90 kilos, I could probably get like eight out. Yeah. Or nine, ten, something like that. It's a lot higher than it should be on the scale. Um, and that's just, again, because we don't do a lot of direct overhead press work um for like low reps and increasing strength in that range it's just machine based work and things like that which like i said probably won't carry over as well but it's interesting that um because you know you you asked before we came on you said oh what do you think it would be and and i kind of it makes sense when you think about it because when when i do bench press for eight to 12 reps i feel my chest massively but yet when i do it for two or three reps i always feel my delts always feel my delts um and and it's just interesting that it like you said i think there is that point you get to where you have a certain amount of activation a certain amount of help from your chest and once you've got that help from the chest you require the other muscles to come in and help because you just can't move that with just just your chest and um i think it 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 kind of shows that if anyone's interested in 
in building a bigger chest that the bench press is great but actually maybe the one rm bench press isn't always the most important thing to be thinking about or even five rep max probably you know you can even probably look lower than that and go you know, still eight to or six to ten reps something like that um but it'd be interesting to see what what would happen to those numbers if you then increase the number of reps to so say at 70 percent you didn't do one rep you did say eight and let's see how that might change over the course of the reps and i'd bet that as you go through the reps your chest fatigues and then the triceps delts and lats help out more yeah um which is, would make sense because then as it gets heavier um through those percentages that's what happened and obviously as you go through the reps it's going to feel heavier so that you know when you fatigue that that would probably happen um but yeah i think it's, it just goes to show that actually maybe you know at the start of each session if you want to focus on doing chest work that maybe you should do you know 70 percent of your rep max for maybe five reps nice and slow and controlled and that could be a real good way of making sure your chest is firing and then you go on to do your maybe machine-based work your dumbbell press things like that um yeah i think it's good it's good to it's good to to have those kind of um studies done it at least shows people why they're doing an exercise and again it makes you think a bit more about well why are you programming this exercise in and we've always said the bench press is not a chest exercise it is an upper body strength exercise um because you do use lats as well if you do it properly yeah, we're hoping. If we're trying to tear the, tear the kind of barbell part into kind of we've got a rotation of the mm. shoulders, bringing your scap down, then yeah, for sure, that lat should be absolutely firing on. Um, don't get me wrong, the chest is activated all the way, is big time activated all the way through those rep, uh, those ranges in RM, but it's just the other ones show a massive increase going up. So mm. that's where we're going. Strong, mate. I think, I think that's good. That's enough uh, journal club. <laughs> right if you yeah get back to us if you want to name that uh that section after you we are uh i'll pull out some journals or we can just get will downing to come and talk for five minutes uh he fucking loves a journal um yeah, <laughs> so we can we can delve into that um yeah. does he lift yet does he even lift yet is he, he lifting he, yet no he lifts papers up to his eyes and then reads them and then puts them down yeah again, so he talks Still not seen lift a weight yet talks about lifting uh, if anybody knows who good form and training is on uh, on Instagram, yes, he does lift with good form. But he doesn't lift very often. Um, that's the only thing. Uh, yeah, interesting. He has, to lift, he has to lift with good form, otherwise he gets injured. Yeah, <laughs> spends too much time on a watt bike personally. So, so have I. I've been spending loads of time on a watt bike at the moment. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking hard, mate. Very hard. I remember you going on a watt bike, and it's been absolutely miserable. Yeah, but there's always a reason I go on it, Tom. Like, why are you on a what bike? Like, what purpose is that serving well, you at all? Because you're not even getting fitter because you can't even do four <laughs> exercises in possession. So you're doing something wrong. Well, it's, like, it's probably predominant because uh, it is Easter and there are Easter eggs in the uh, shops. So therefore, if I do a what bike session, generally I burn about 600 calories in a what bike session, I can have a free Easter egg. Mm. That is why. And also, I, I kind of want to do some bike riding over the summer, so I might as well have a have a little shout. So, yeah. You're a true powerlifter. I know, Jesus. a massive powerlifter, mate. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of diet, though, I was well happy with myself because over this week, this last week, I've obviously been, um, I've been looking after um, Isabel while Laura's been away on holiday, and um, I haven't weighed or tracked any food all week, and I weighed in exactly the same week after, just intuitively eating. And I was... I. I ate some things I probably shouldn't have eaten. Um, had a curry when I went to my mum's at the weekend. Um, but yeah, just shows you practice makes perfect, doesn't it? Listen to yeah. your body. You can do these things. See, Tom, all you have to do is just not have the Easter egg, mate. You won't have to do the card. 
I'd much rather have both. I sometimes I get uh, it's, it's weird, like sadistic kind of effect of doing like the what bike stuff because you can do power outputs and there's loads oh, of num- all the all the all the data yeah. and everything's just chucked at you. It's absolutely phenomenal. So I'm, if anybody's interested, I'm gonna do my. Uh, my three minute aerobic test this week just to see where it's gone up so should be sitting around 400 watts so should be should be fun to do it'll be the really i, I might just post it yeah just video my oh, awful God, that sounds so dull. <laughs> it sounds amazing i might do it with uh mr andrew casey johnston and uh, will downing as well have a little race be great i'll both beat you so. oh no i'll smash rookie um but will smash me yeah that's fine yeah Cool, and also um, just on the back of that that um, that paper, if anybody calls the lats, the triceps, and the anterior delts the stabilizer muscles, um, I will personally slap you in the face. Um, it's one of my least favorite terms, the stabilizer muscles. Cool, wonderful. Mm. It, it just proves that you don't know what muscle groups you're talking about, personally. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's have a quick break, Dan, and then we're gonna answer a question and uh, talk about stupid things. Three, two, one, and we're back in the room, Dan. Good break? Had a good, nice, nice long one, mate. Yeah, good. A sip of water, mate. That's what nice I need. I'm ready to go. That's all we're going. All right. So... I, have, I have stuff, to be fair, before we came on out, I did have a Pepsi Max Cherry. Wow. They're amazing. They're so, so nice. That's a, str- yeah. that's a strong effort. Pepsi Max Cherry. What's the difference between Pepsi Max Cherry and Dr. Pepper? Oh, quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. Dr. Pepper's not really very cherry, is it? It's a f- yeah, it's a bit fruity in it, but no, <laughs> and, ch- uh, and cherry isn't fruity. Well, no, but it's just one fruit, isn't it? It's like, what fruit. is the fruit in Dr. Pepper? You wouldn't be able to kind of say. Nobody knows pepper. Well, exactly, but this one clearly <laughs> is cherry. It states cherry on the can, Good. so we do know it's cherry. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, sweeteners are killing me, slowly but surely. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's worth it for the taste. Um, Speaking see, of what that, was the question we were going to answer? No, actually, going back to questions. that, there's, I see that, um, I know, in Waitrose, they, they're they not selling the 330 cans of uh, Coke anymore, of Diet Coke. They're spending like 250 cans, these weird long thin things. And I can't find any of the 330 ones. Very odd. Just It just popped into my head since you were holding a can up to the camera there. Don't don't like. What's the point? I don't understand the two two fifty mils of coke, and it's it's not a nice fat can. It's a long thin thing. Well, it's, it's, waitrose is just posh, aren't they? Yeah, I don't understand it. Short sort it out. Um, right. So we got a list of question uh, from Ryan. Cool. Um, he works uh, with uh, UKCA. No, he works with tennis players. So with University Rugby players. Um, so he asked, "What's our go-to strength program?" I feel like we covered this before, but. It's always nice to dip back in. Five three one. Most people. Five three one. Um, I concur with on, that. On, only because, and the reasons being for me is that it's simple to follow. It it can be structured around whether someone trains three, four, or five days a week. Um, because you can either skip a, a strength day or you you know one day if have an extra day, a fifth day you don't put one in. Um, but more so, just from a point of view, in that it. It teaches people a to train to failure, and b it's it's safer because you're using lighter loads than their actual true one, three and five rep max, and you're asking them to do as many reps as possible with them. So I think it's always a good place to start. And usually, once people do that for a good time, they're then capable of knowing right. Well, I can lift 
my my true three rep max now and I'm going to go for three or four reps and I know what it feels like when I'm pushing my limits and that I'm going to I'm real close to failing. That's why I think for most people it tends to be my go-to. Yeah, I mean, the guy who did it was Jim Wendler. So I, I think he's actually coming out of a new book about it. Um, so he's he's made his mint off that program. Um, he's sorted. But I think the way you can manipulate it so much as well. I know we've run a few kind of different variations and manipulations of it because you can tailor it to how what you're doing like dan said about the uh you're not lifting your true rec max you can do um i know you did the way dan wrote it confused me once where we were lifting because you meant to do ascending sets not smash it smash it smash it for like three mm. sets and i think uh we got really fucking fatigued and when we when we Shot. wrote to um, to do used our true one RM and wrote it off that and did not static steps, not ascending, um, which is not the way to go if you ever get that written in. Um, come <laughs> drop it down to ninety percent if you're doing that. Mm. And my pre- preference would do would be to do five three to five sets of ascending weight with two warm ups if you're doing five sets. Um, just going up and then using your 90% effort as your rep max not your true RM um, and then by all means if you're a novice I, I realise that you've uh, put moderate to experience so you can do the one RM um, but there's no reason why you don't have to do the one rep max every single time there's no reason why you should do that even for, even for moderate though for my, in my yeah. experience that, that you know it's still not enough to 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 know your true like limit i think i think even at moderate lifting age you still need to push the boundaries a little bit i think once you get to an expert but even then like jim wendler's an expert and he still probably uses it so yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with doing it i think the fact that it it kind of is a way of of pushing your 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 reps up but using slightly lighter weight just makes sense from a safety point of view um and i'm sure you go through cycles where you can still then you know, you might if you're within it working with an expert, you might do five three one the normal way. Then the next cycle you might do five three one with heavier weights. Yeah. Then the next cycle go back to doing slightly lighter, but again, five three one as you would do it normally, um, cycle it like that. But I still think it's a really good template to, to go with, um, overall. Um I think most people do very, very well on it in my experience. Yeah, the only the only thing obviously that's just the strength portion. Uh, I think Jim Wendler goes into a lot more detail about the supplementary lifts that you may be accessory movements you may be putting in. Um, so they're up to you to like manipulate, uh, but they're obviously geared towards strength. It is geared towards strength. It's not geared towards hypertrophy. It's not geared towards muscular endurance or some other bullcrap like that or athletic performance. It's geared towards strength. I think what a lot of people kind of get confused when they're writing their strength programs um they over complicate it and add too many things in um bearing in mind like having like having four exercises in there <laughs> four exercises so my strength program is too, perfect it's too much isn't it it's uh, too much for you because when when <laughs> when a strength program has only four exercises that means you spend quality time doing those reps so very often as probably um, my guys who get trained by me can see I like five sets of stuff um, because I can... God, boring hell boring <laughs> but, but it, it, boring and works is uh, is a different thing right so it, it, yeah it can get dull can you imagine um, can you imagine your clients faces Tom what we're we doing today oh you've got um, 
five sets of 15 Bulgarian split squats. Yeah, I'd be like, li- literally, I, I've done that. So I would literally yeah. be like, fuck off. <laughs> I've done like five sets of Bulgarian split squats with pull-ups. Um, oh. It'd be a quite happily superset that and it'd be fine. Um, yeah, horrendous. It'd take us 20 minutes to do it, but are they going to get the benefit? Yeah, fuck sure. Yeah, it's been great. Squats going to go up, deadlifts going to go up, pull-ups going to go up. So at the end of the day, what do people get bored of? Is it the workout or not making gains? Not making probably gains. The, probably their trainer. <laughs> just me, just going. Uh, yeah, one more set. What? We've done... Yep. I, lo- I love the... Uh, we've done three sets already. I was like, uh, and? <laughs> I was like... And, and, you, you... and you're going to go heavier as well, this one. <laughs> what? I was like, that looked a bit easy, so let's crank it up. Um, yeah, uh-huh. uh, what other like strength programs are out there? Like the 2x4, you can manipulate that pretty well. 5x5 five five is pretty standard. Um, five by five. When I take on a novice lifter, that's something that I do with people um, mm-hmm. because it's really self-explanatory. Uh, again, with the load, you auto-regulate. Personally, I, I'll work off what should be their sixty to seventy percent RM, and then crank, start cranking it up every single week, basically from there. So you might be adding two to three percent every single time, up to about seven. You should be hitting fives for like seventy-two to seventy-five percent. Should probably hit it all the way up to eighty plus, but that'd be really, really fucking pushing it. Um, but the fatigue's gonna have set in. So anywhere between sixty to seventy-five percent, I'd be game mm-hmm. pretty much at five fives. Um, yeah. Apart from that, those are the go-to's. Obviously, there's those like books out like uh, starting strength. Is that with Dan John? Yeah. Is that Dan John? Yes, Dan John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be somebody else. I don't know. Um, then there's like Renaissance periodization, Renaissance periodization programs. Um, but they're they're all they're like is that Mike Isratel who does a lot of that stuff? Don't know, um, I've not heard of that one. Um, so periodization, you have to buy their programs. Um, I think they're like hundred quid or whatever. Um, but that's like a sixteen week thing. Um, but that's general for like they do hypertrophy, they do a little bit of strength stuff, uh, a little bit of powerlifting. But it's I feel like there's too much going on there um, personally. Um, just get yourself a coach and they'll pick it out for you. Um, just talk to the person. So I always feel like when you're programming yourself, um, you pick shit that you like to do um, and you know you're not accountable, right? So mm-hmm. somebody else to, to, even if you're not paying for it, just be like, oh, I did this today. And then Dan will text you like your shit, basically. Um, and you know you're accountable. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know about anywhere else. I know Eric Crezzy's got his uh, books out about just normal strength program. And you get to learn a load of fun, cool exercises to do, like random ones. Like some, he's always got some sort of like um, weird pendule or no, like palaf press that you have to do or something, something crazy, something crazy shoulder wise. Yeah, he loves talking about shoulder, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just he's just very specific. But yeah, I've kind of I've not really followed as a huge amount of his work as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, with him, but yeah. Uh, I just think it's one of those where people really, again, I come back to it, we've said it before, but they just really overcomplicate things. Yeah. And people are trying to look for this perfect program and it's just like, lit. I know it sounds really boring and really kind of stupid and people always go, oh, it's not as simple as that, but it actually is. It's like, just lift, like, just lift more weight for more reps over time. And like, it's, it's really fucking boring, but whether you do four sets of six, three sets of eight, whether you do five fives, two eights eight twos like just work out your volume load and consistently lift heavier 
consider you know over time have a week off every four to six weeks yeah. keep the stable exercises in there and you won't go far wrong i don't think you have to look for you know like this perfect strength program that you give to most moderate expert lifters just kind of go right the person in front of me what do they need they need to be stronger they need to be bigger whatever it is they they need these athletic movements in as long as they're getting stronger in them across rep ranges over a course of a year you're doing your job like that's it yeah. literally um there's no magic to, to it really as much you know as bad as that sounds especially it's, it's not magic kind of, kind of especially with the moderate experienced lifter um because always the thing is about well the other thing you have to consider with a moderate to experienced lifter right if this if, if they're coming to you or if they're asking for your help or you're helping them is they're always going to have their own biases because they're going to want to do the things that got them strong in the first place or got them to where they are, why they're moderately or, or, or expert. <laughs> why they're and, moderately strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but, but it's true. Like You're always going to have your bias as to what you think works, but it might not be right for them now. And just because you – I always use the same example. is like Mr. Olympia, the way he trains now, he didn't train when he first stepped foot in the gym. That's not how he trained. Like, it, it's, you have to evolve. You have to adapt. But you have to go through certain phases. There's a reason that you do shitloads of volume when you're Mr. Olympia. It's because you need to because you're already at that training age and that training experience where you can do it. It's the same with those people. Is they're always going to, you know, if they got strong doing three sets of threes, you're going to have a hard time, ex- you know, explaining to them the benefits of doing three sets of eight because yeah. they're going to want to stick to what they've done because it's what got them success potentially. So they're the more important questions to ask yourself before you you worry about the perfect training program, the perfect set and rep scheme. Is right. What this what's this person going to want to do? What should they be doing? And how's it going to help them? You know, in their sport or in you know in in their in their progress because ultimately if someone wants to put on some muscle mass like we've just explained with the bench press they need to probably be doing some lighter loads for more reps if they want to put on some chest stuff they want to activate a little bit more and you've got to do some heavy stuff so cross range go crazy Um, I hope that answers that a bit yeah (laughs) should do do anyway Um, yeah and obviously if they're doing I think uh, Ryan you said you're working with like tennis and rugby players you're going to have I'm going to guess a lot of your explosive stuff is going to be like contrast and complex training. Um, nothing groundbreaking um, with some lateral movement every single time. So when we're doing like, you maybe do some like fives or some heavy like pull-ups or something and then you do some med ball slams down. That'd be cool. Awesome. That'd be cool for tennis players with their serves. Bang. It's great. <laughs> Have that for free, mate. If you're doing tennis, med ball slams and pull-ups. Nice. Alright, shoot things on the internet, Daniel. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. What's going on? Oh, God. This is more, <laughs> more, more tomfoolery from people who claim that they can diagnose medical conditions, pretty much, over the phone of someone. Um, yeah, I'll just read it word for word, and I'll obviously won't, won't mention names that are in, in it, but something as simple as a five minute conversation led to the conclusion that x person most likely has low hcl dysbiosis increased dht and an insufficient liver Mm. so he's had a this guy's had a five minute conversation with someone and he's he thinks no he's right he's concluded that this person has an insufficient liver i mean imagine how that liver feels after calling them insufficient (laughs) so yeah this guy needs a liver transplant and he's got dysbiosis and low HCL levels, apparently. Um, so I'd love to know how that conversation went. I am literally on the edge of my seat wondering how that how that happened. 
what could you possibly ask someone over the phone or in person, I don't care, whichever one, that led you to believe they had those medical problems? I literally am at a loss to understand. If a client said to me, oh, I'm really struggling with this and really struggling with that, that I would sit there and go, you've got an insufficient liver. Insufficient liver. That's the word. I'm reading it word for word. I'm not making it up. Insufficient liver. What does that even mean? I, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, yeah. And how you can how you can think that someone has dysbiosis like over the phone, over whatever, over the phone in person, it makes no difference. It, yeah. It's like yeah, I can tell that you've got a microbial imbalance, and I can tell that yeah, in, you know, you've got impaired mi- you know microbiota in your gut. Yeah, I can tell that from looking at you. I just think it is it just baffles me that these people exist and these people are in the same industry. Yeah, I'd also like to know what um so this is obviously another pet peeve of mine is the word functional. But what a functional medicine practitioner is. Again back to my claim there must be a dysfunctional medicine practitioner yeah. somewhere. That means that regular <laughs> medicine is dysfunctional, you know. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, that that's that seems to baffle me slightly. Again, my, my war on the word functional um, is crazy. Oh no, I saw one earlier. I saw one earlier. I saw one. What did I see? It was a drink, and it called itself a functional drink. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like what? Because the bottle's not got holes in the bottom of it or something. Like, so what you mean? The drink's there and it hydrates you. I don't. I just. So that must mean that any drink is dysfunctional because it doesn't hydrate you. If it hasn't got it on the label, then you don't know, do you? So... Was, it, was it a drink? Or was it, oh, oh, it might have been a food, functional food. I, the word has just been blown well out of proportion now. <laughs> I mean, it's always, it's, yeah, like we said, it's, I, I think it, it was because it bugged me. I was flipping through. Like you're going to see like a car salesman be like, it's got a functional key. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> sweet. I'm gonna be like, here's this dysfunctional key that doesn't open the door. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's great. That is that is not a good key. It's definitely dysfunctional. Uh, I think I was flipping for Instagram when I saw somebody. Yeah, just because they were doing because they they literally had two kettlebells in their hand and they were doing some sort of uh, Turkish get up and they were like functional training specialists. Again, if your function is to do Turkish get ups, then that's amazing. I'm not discrediting that, but. Function to do what? Functional medicine practitioner. That doctor. That doctor? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, there he odds. Um yeah. Blaspheming over the uh, film Coach Carter, which I'm not very happy about because that's a great film. Um yeah. mm-hmm. Go go watch that. Jesus Christ, Samuel Jackson, Love in Life. I've got his uh, box set, it's great. Uh, that is a great film to be fair it is good film. that is one of my favourite films I think that's a great great sports films Dan what would uh, is there I don't know or lifting films are there any good lifting films or any kind of not like documentary Generation Iron Generation Iron Pumping Iron Generation Iron they're pretty good there's one I'm sure there's one with Mark Wahlberg in it but it wasn't I don't think it was that great I, I, don't, I didn't watch it but I'm sure it was like The Rock and Mark Wahlberg maybe were in one about lifting okay um, I think I can't remember now, but yeah, I love. Um, what's the um, what's the one with about the American football kid? 
Blindside, that's oh, good. Blindside, yeah, that's crazy. There's some. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that story. There's some good uh, Saturday Night Live type of stuff with that. It's hilarious. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another one as well with Al Pacino. <sighs> no idea. Most sports like uh, movies are terrible. That's the only thing. Space Jam. Most- Space Jam's a solid one. That's great. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> and you got Field of Dreams. Which is sad. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Nothing like uh, Giraffe Day was terrible. Mean Machine. Vinnie Jones. Mean yeah, Machine. Okay. That's great. Anything like that. That's great. But most most good films are just around about boxing and fighting. I think any kind if you yeah, like credit that with sports. Yeah. Uh, like Fight Club or something. That's basically sports. Basically, yeah. Basically. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, what's anything going on in your world, Dan, before you finish? No, nothing we need to know about other than I think next podcast that we have on, we'll have a guest on, I think. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Unless we decide to do one. Probably nothing, not. Nothing goes tits up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Keep sharing and doing stuff social media wise. Um, you can see how input we, massive input we have in that. Um, yeah. Go follow Instagram. Daniel Meek. What's your Instagram? I'm assuming everybody follows your Instagram. It's at Dan Team Box. There we go. Yeah. At Pushful Legs Tom. No, Tom Pushful Legs Podcast. There we go. Uh, yeah, right. I know. Oh, I can't even get that right. Um, there's been people talking to us on Twitter, which I didn't even realise we still had our Twitter. So, I yeah. Twitter, so. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, get on. Just make an Instagram account to talk to us because yeah. we're a lot more active on that. Or Facebook account. Um, yeah. Or LinkedIn. I'm more active on LinkedIn than uh, Twitter. I think. Uh, very odd. Um, yeah so keep piling some questions at us guys go uh, be active in our group if you want us to do anything um, in the group not kind of something weird but I would like some challenges happening Um, generally not like nutritional challenges like workout challenges or whatever that I might start up that'd be hilarious to see what Dan does Uh, generally we've just competed against ourselves on our, my terrible overhead squat, which Dan yeah, you tried you tried to you tried to like do me on the overhead squat, and I was just like, <laughs> no, I, I did do it again, and I spent about twenty minutes warming up and uh, filmed it. It looked alright, but it was because my hips. I li- literally halfway through the session just said the boxers, like, oh shit, I've got to do this overhead squat. I would, uh, I... Yeah, let's do it, and I did it, and I was, like, what was the big deal? <laughs> I would like Boxy to do it. Oh. He did it. He did do it actually. He videoed <laughs> it, and he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't, didn't make it online but um, what was the one I tried to make you do the other day oh the uh, pistol squat I can't do that why oh, the yeah. hell would I ever want to do a pistol squat in my life There's no reason to I was fucking proud of myself for that that's, that's one crazy. of the most dysfunctional movements in the world you're I never going to have to do that ever in your life ever <laughs> ever mate but no point but chiming around with battle ropes the whole time definitely um, is nice and functional yeah well I carry battle ropes with me all the time yeah, in my okay. back so. Just... <laughs> yeah with some gym challenges squat 100 kilos as many times as possible that's only because oh, I, I think I can do it so um, that'd be I interesting 17. I did 17 the other week my record okay that could be interesting I because I think I think actually what would we'll do I think if you said to me if you said to me oh I did 18 I'd be like fuck it I'm doing 19 I don't care <laughs> yeah, doing... I know well I think uh, I think I'll do a video this week because I think an interesting challenge will be for because obviously it makes it uh, personal to you uh, your body weight on the bar and squat as many times as possible. Mm. That'd be interesting. I'll do that this week. Put it up online. I don't think I want to let everyone know how much I weigh. <laughs> right now, I can actually. Uh, it'll be okay. So uh, yeah, I think you're 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 not far off where I am. To be honest, probably not. Which yeah, is fine. 
I right, think I'm yeah. holding it. I'm holding it a bit better than you, though, to be honest. If, yeah, if we're being really that's critical, that's right. Yeah, I, I just sit there, kind of just fatiguing. Mm-hmm. I can't. We'll, we'll go for a long bite ride and we'll see what happens. Oh, um, God. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, catch you next week. Catch you later.